I'm Matt Downing, and welcome to Diving Deep EDU. Curious conversations with all types of peeps. Encouraging innovation, we are diving deep. Certainly education is what we like to speak. Fervent with dedication, now it is time to teach. The Diving Deep EDU podcast aims to have thought-provoking conversations that help listeners dive deeper into educational practices with a focus on teacher retention, recruitment, and burnout. Subscribe to the Diving Deep EDU podcast newsletter to get more information about this podcast and these topics. A link is in the show notes. Our guest today is Lindsay Danikian. Lindsay is the Executive Vice President of Teacher Growth at Elevate K-12. Lindsay focuses much of the time on teacher shortage, how to retain teachers in live teaching as a potential solution. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast, I want to start the conversation off by you telling us a little bit more about the work you're doing at Elevate. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Matthew. So uh, at Elevate K-12, we are thinking differently about the teacher shortage crisis. We are putting live stream teachers into physical classrooms to help schools who are unable to find a teacher within their zip code, uh, provide access to excellent education for their students. And how we do that is by recruiting teachers who have left the brick and mortar classroom, but really miss the art of teaching. And so we're enable them to work from home, work remotely on their own schedules, working with students all over the country uh, to provide a great education uh, with this live synchronous online learning. That's great. It's a, it's a different way to innovate and to think about how to sort of solve this problem. Now, there's a couple other, you know, live streaming solutions out there. What makes Elevate unique? What makes them different? What makes, you know, a district looking for a solution and they're debating why would someone go with Elevate? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, once a district is looking for a teacher, there are a couple different options that they often consider, all of which are ones we've kind of found to be subpar. So mm. many states are reducing certification requirements for teachers, so allowing non-certified teachers to go into the classroom or emergency certifications. Uh, They're also looking at bringing in J-1 visa teachers from abroad for short periods of time. And so what we've found is that having a permanent U.S. certified teacher who has experience in the classroom, our teachers have over 13 years of experience, Mm. some of them have degrees in education, that gets that quality of teacher into the into the classroom. The second is that we have created our entirely own curriculum. So we have dedicated okay. PhDs working on a curriculum. It's standardized. It's aligned to every state's uh, requirements. So we know that it's very specific. Uh, working with the district to get the pacing right for those students. We've also built the only technology custom built for K twelve. So we don't use Zoom. We don't use other third party services. Hmm specifically built the tech that works for classrooms with all of the different enablements that are needed for students and the teacher to interact synchronously throughout the lesson, you know, both, you know, verbal as well as, you know, through buttons and other kind of emojis. Finally, even though we're online, we have in-person support. There is a classroom coach in the room for students to leverage for any support as needed. It also provides the teacher 
an extra set of hands in that classroom. Yeah, those are all needed and, you know, definitely unique and helpful, you know, for that solution. Now, as we think about online teaching, or like live online teaching, like Elevate is doing, and you have the in-person teaching, right? You have these two different models. In what ways for Elevate do you have to train them to teach in that online model? Like what are some important characteristics that you really have to help your online teachers at Elevate to be able to deliver those lessons? That's a great question because you're right that quality teaching does look different, live Mm. stream versus in person. So the first thing we do is actually up front during our screening process of teachers. Only about 10% of our applicants are accepted into our program. We do an assessment of every teacher who applies to work with Elevate, looking for exactly that. Do they have what it takes to be a live stream teacher? There are different you know, modalities. And we're really looking for someone who's tech savvy, who knows how to use different functions within you know, the capabilities given to them. We're looking for someone who's really energetic, who knows how to when to pause, how to call on students, how to create engagement in that classroom through the screens as well as someone who's able to recognize different types of participation. So whether it's a private chat, raising your hand online or actually raising it in the room. Hmm. So we both screen for that. And then once teachers are contracted with Elevate, we go through a robust training program. They know what good looks like. They get to practice. They get to see videos of other excellent teachers providing this instruction so that really kind of honed in on this particular type of teaching. And what does good online live teaching look like? Like there's a lot of stuff that's going on out there. There's many different ways that people are doing this live online teaching. What does good live teaching look like? It's a great question. I think I like the verb you used of look because it's a <laughs> lot of noticing that the students mm. are engaged, that they're paying attention, their you know heads are up, hands mm. are raised, They're answering questions back to the teacher. So that's one way we're just looking at the engagement of the classroom. Are the students enjoying it? You know, is it an interactive experience? And then the second part is on student outcomes. What do they actually Mm. learn from it? You know, from most districts, it does come down to state or national assessments. And so we do look at how our students do on those tests. So, you know, that matters. It's not, you know, you have to both enjoy the class as well as learn something from it and be able to recite that back. Uh, in an examination period. Yeah. And what is bad, like online live teaching (laughs) look like? Because there's some of that too. What would be an example that you would be like, oh, no, we don't want that at Elevate? I mean, we generally, anything that's asynchronous. So, you know, Mm, credit recovery courses that are asynchronous where the students are not together. So, you know, I don't think many people are eager to go back to where we were a couple of years ago, where everyone was at home, various devices, hard to log in, technical issues. Mm. Just some, you know, being together in the classroom means a lot for the students. It makes okay. consistency in the teachers. And then in terms of just once that's those, you know, those two basics are there, you're looking for that engagement. A lecture is very hard to pull off, mm-hmm. well, you know, syn- you know, online synchronously. You're really looking for someone who really knows how to pause, take questions, quiz the students, yeah. you know, find reactions, you know, can kind of take those mental breaks when they're not just staring at a screen watching someone. Yeah. And lectures are hard for kids to take in person as well. <laughs> like I That's see. true. <laughs> but the teacher in person, you know, can maybe yell at people to sort of appease them and, uh, and keep them like, you know, seemingly paying attention, but, uh, 
But anyway, mm-hmm. so you also spend a lot of time thinking about teacher shortages and retention because that issue, you know, around our country is connected to the problem that Elevate's trying to solve. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. As we think about teacher shortages and retention, what do you think is causing teachers to leave the physical classroom? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it really sums up into two things. They don't feel valued for their skills. Mm or their experience. Hmm. And so they've been told by state legislatures that anyone can do their jobs. Hmm. These emergency certs are granted without a teaching degree, without classroom experience. They can't control their schedules. So, so much of the working world has gone to at least some hybrid model and teachers haven't had that luxury. And it's not even just the the classroom schedule, but they have, they're burdened by meetings. They have behavior Mm -hmm. management. They have lunch duty, bus Mm -hmm. time. Um, They don't have as much time for professional development as they would like. So there's too much admin time, not enough time actually getting better at teaching. Uh, I feel like they lack support. They may not have the right lessons plans. The curriculum isn't tailored. The enabling technology or learning tools isn't made available consistency. And then they're very, despite all of that, they're held accountable to standardized test scores over which at some point they have a, they sometimes have very little control. Mm. You know, they're, they're dealt a set of cards and then, you know, evaluated against that. And that can really lead to burnout and disillusionment with with teaching. What can schools do to make teachers feel more valued? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really ensuring that the teachers have a voice, that they Mm. are given the leeway needed to do their jobs well, what their jobs are teaching. Um, It's not parenting. It's not, you know, administrative. You know, there are other you know, the right people should be doing those kinds of roles so that you can focus yeah. on the teaching, really support the teachers as they're the ones kind of day-to-day front lines in the classroom. They know what's up with their students. They know what the students mm-hmm. need, you know, giving them that space, holding them accountable, but, you know, with the right backing and resources to do so. Yeah, I have this debate with people like recently thinking about the main reasons why people are leaving the classroom. Is it this idea of being valued or is it the idea of sort of bad pay, right? (laughs) Maybe it's both, but like, how do you interact with those two like big aspects on one side you have like, you know, the compensation isn't there for the uh, level of education, level of experience, um, the amount that is done on a day to day. And as you've pointed out, the additional things that are required of a teacher. And then you have the value aspect that you pointed out really well, like, they're not elevated, they're not respected, and they feel that. And one of the things you pointed out is very true. Like having emergency cert people come into a building does devalue the profession um, 100%. Whether those administrators or the legislature wants to acknowledge that, there's, there's a diminishing of the value of a teacher when you just allow someone to get a cert that easily, even if it's needed, whatever, at, at, at this time. And I put needed in quotes because there's there's ways to solve that. But but how do you interact with those two, like the idea of pay versus the idea of value and the impact on the teacher shortages and retention? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, pay is, is inextricably linked with, mm. you know, feeling value. Yeah. You know, across the country, we've seen, you know, cost of housing has risen dramatically, in, you know, yeah. in a lot of communities. It's harder for teachers to live near the schools where they want to teach in or have been teaching in. Uh, they're being asked to do more with less. You know, it's fairly well known how much teachers generally spend out of pocket to buy mm-hmm. supplies for their classroom. And that adds up. Um, and it adds up year over year. You know, you have teachers going without contracts, maybe, or contracts that were signed, you know, 
before inflation took off the way it yeah, did. True. And so just trying to keep up with that, watching, you know, peers in kind of the corporate world or in, you know, private private areas, you know, being able to accept, you know, higher pay rates and them getting kind of kind of stuck, watching other public employees get more money than they do. It yeah. it adds up. So I, to me, it, you know, I speak as as one person, it could be the the straw that breaks the camel's back, but it's it's mm. it's an important component. But yeah. it's not everything. And I think most teachers would agree that it's not just the pay. Yeah. It's the combination, the valuation. Mm. Yeah, I read one uh, report recently that said teaching right now is at the all-time low of parents suggesting or encouraging their kids to become a teacher. So again, that gets into the value. Like it's not a respected profession that it was 50, 60 years ago. It's been on a steady decline and it's at the lowest point it's ever been. And that value, that respect, um, diminishing it, you know, has an impact on, you know, what someone's going to do when they're deciding to go for a degree or for their profession. Now, you have a number of Elevate teachers, and I want you to think about, right, I don't want any names out there, but I'm just looking for, like, specifics. Like, as you talk to different Elevate teachers, as you're involved in the hiring process, what are some reasons that some of your teachers have left the physical classroom and have joined the virtual Elevate classroom? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of personal reasons, but the yeah. number one that comes up is flexibility. Hmm. And that can be, that can mean different things to different teachers. Yeah. In some cases, it's geographic flexibility. A lot of people moved around over the past two years to either be mm -hmm. closer to family or, or farther from family. Um, <laughs> people moved off the grid. We have, you know, van life teachers. <laughs> but that ability to kind of untether yourself from needing to show up to a classroom five days a week, 10 months mm. a year, you know, within a reasonable commuting distance made a big difference. I think the other one was flexibility with schedules. People have had a bear of a time with childcare, with elder mm. care, you know, just having that flexibility to work from home, work remotely, pick your own schedule uh, was very appealing. Um, you know, speaking kind of of other crises that we have in this country, mm. you know, th those two would probably be next in line. And that does affect our teacher population sometimes disproportionately. Yeah. So with that flexibility, like what does that look like for an Elevate teacher as opposed to a classroom teacher? Now, most of the listeners are educators, right? Or they're connected mm -hmm. to education. So they know, right? An elementary teacher's there at 815 until 330, right? They can't leave that building. They're not, they, they'll be lucky if they get like a 15 minute lunch. So talk to me a little bit about what that flexibility looks like at Elevate compared to, you know, what a teacher's used to enjoying on their regular work day? Yeah. So at Elevate, the teachers are, they're in full control of their schedules. How it works is once we have a teacher's kind of certification and eligibility for types of classes they can teach, we'll present them with a list of opportunities. And so, for example, if you're a math teacher, we will say these are the math classes we have open that okay. match your, the grades or the states you're certified in. Some of them are in the morning, some of them in the afternoon, different grades. You know, sometimes it's the same class, three periods, different classes. Sometimes it's one period per school and the teachers can mix and match. So we have some teachers who are working pretty full days. They work from eight to four and what does across that look three like? different school districts. Um, so they may teach at a you know high school calculus class in Iowa from eight to nine, nine to 10, 10 to 11. Maybe they, you know, enforce themselves to take a break and then in the afternoon, they're teaching at a New Jersey school from 1230 to, to, to three. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so those are the teachers who really want to kind of re- recreate a schedule. But you'll notice there they get to create it and they don't have any, mm. um, there's no meetings scheduled within that time. <laughs> they they are paid for prep time. So, you know, they, they we bake that into, you know, ensuring that they're ready for those classes. Okay. We have other teachers who teach just two hours a day and that's what works for them. And, it, you know, all the, you know, the kids in preschool or, you know, after, you know, someone's gone to school or whatnot. So, you know, it really depends. What we're looking for is we want to find full utilization of whatever hours the teacher wants to work. That's how we yeah. measure success. That's yeah, really powerful, putting them in charge of their schedule, right? They're not, you know, under the, the the rigid structure of a school, but they could create something that could work for them, like you pointed out, whether it's childcare or caring for a parent, or they don't want to work that much, right? They mm-hmm. have other things that they want to do, and and that gives them the options. And that's, that's really helpful. And thanks for explaining that, because I don't think... That's something I would have connected as one of the first two, like main reasons why someone would work for Elevate, like the flexibility portion wouldn't have come to the surface. But as you were speaking, I'm like, yes, that makes total sense. Now, it did resonate with me that, you know, a lot of people you said during COVID moved away from family. You know, I should have really looked into that, you know, during COVID. <laughs> I could have moved away. Got like a one bedroom, you know, got like a studio apartment and, you know, just just taught. And then my, my family could have lived on the other side <laughs> of the country, but that, that wouldn't have been good. Um, so tell me like one more reason, uh, like we, flexibility was really powerful and I appreciate you explaining that and really bringing that to life. Like give us one more reason why teachers are leaving the classroom and coming to Elevate. And I know these aren't like, you know, like you don't have a database and you're not bringing up numbers, but just like off the top of your head, like like what's an, another major? Yeah, reason? I mean, another one, this is a little bit of a, a lightning rod is uh, curriculum and politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Teachers are, you know, they're not immune to the quote unquote culture wars going on mm-hmm. right now. In some cases, they're smack in the middle of it. And they live yeah. in the communities too. Uh, they have opinions on what should be taught or what shouldn't be taught. And so mm-hmm. Elevate can take a little bit more of a dispassionate view. We align to state certification, you know, state alignment of curriculums, but it's not as in your face and it's certainly not, you know, we don't ask the, the teachers to take stands. And so I think some teachers have probably a minority, but some have burned out from those conversations that, you know, we frequently go online or, mm-hmm. you know, the message boards, discussion boards. They don't, they don't want to be a punching bag. Yeah, no, that's very true. Episode 52, that was the reason why Nick Covington left the teaching profession. It was solely political. Like he loved teaching. He actually didn't really want flexibility. It was the political aspect of the school building that he could not take anymore. And that, that drove him out of the, of the classroom. And, mm. and so, that, yeah, that's a, that's a pertinent reason. And that's another one that didn't come, you know, for me, but it's there. And like you're pointing out, it's, it's growing in, in number. So thanks for explaining that. Thanks for giving a couple examples. So teachers are leaving the classroom, right? And it has a, an array of consequences. And we're talking about, you know, some of those right now. But what are some of the unexpected consequences of teachers leaving the classroom? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's it's a bit of a vicious cycle. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we see this and even in anyone's profession, when coworkers leave, there's the people wondering, should I have left? Am I still here? And <laughs> yes. so it's not, a, you know, it's not great for morale when you have teacher shortages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you mentioned, the person next door is a an uncertified emergency sub. Yeah. 
you know, that doesn't generally motivate the great teachers to stay and really get better. They kind of wonder, geez, did I make a mistake yeah. in staying? So unfortunately, we do tend to see the, uh, the teacher shortages are clustered. And so once you kind of hit that tipping point, it really can be a, you know, a painful slide within a, whether a specific school or within a district. So even for the students who might be left with the teacher, if that teacher is one foot out the door, kind of looking over mm -hmm. their shoulder, it's unlikely they're getting the best education they could either. Yeah, and I've seen that play out in, in a couple districts uh, that I have friends at and that, that I've been kind of observing. So we've been talking about a lot of different aspects of this problem, and I really appreciate your insight. And we started off, you know, with you giving us some insight into Elevate, and then we were you know, having a discussion about the teacher shortage and retention, and you were able to bring insight uh, from your experience and your work at Elevate into that conversation. So I want to circle it back to Elevate a little bit, and I want, mm -hmm. I want to think about how can Elevate help solve this problem that we're facing? That, and, and I also want to point out that it's, you know, different regions of the country are facing it in different ways. So it's not a universal problem across the country, and different Different communities are have a you know harder time facing this problem, and some communities don't see this as a problem. But how can Elevate help solve the teacher retention shortage, sort of that problem that some districts are facing? Yeah, I mean we partner with districts in across thirty different states in the United States. What we do is we we're a full full service package. We come in, we provide the teacher, we provide the curriculum, and we provide all the technology to get set up. You know, for some districts, we're working with them over the summer to get ready for, you know, elective classes that they may not be able to find a teacher for, or even those, you know, core subjects like math and ELA. Uh, in addition, when a science teacher leaves in mid-October, that's mm -hmm. a really tough time for schools to find one. And so we can plug and elevate pretty quickly uh, with the right teacher ready to go for the students. We take care of all of the teacher pay, all of the admin, the training, the curriculum, mm -hmm. we can hit the ground running and make sure those students are starting day one with a teacher or can, you know, very little length of time between their old teacher leaving and us coming in. And we work closely with the district administration, with, you know, the classroom coaches in the room to really kind of embed ourselves in the school community. We want it to be a great experience for the teachers, for the students that they're learning you know, plugging in, you know, to their grading systems and ensuring that they're you know, sitting for their standardized tests. All of that's required of everyone else. Uh, we hold ourselves to the same standard. One way that I see Elevate solving this problem is within a school, you know, you could have a, a sub, right, within the, within the classroom. And that sub, I've seen some amazing subs, like going into that classroom. They have like amazing classroom management. They can move around. But that sub is going from room to room to room, either all day or a different room every day of the week. They're not prepping for the lesson. They don't know what, mm -hmm. what's going on when we're talking about a secondary classroom. So like I was thinking about, you know, a really solid solution could be turn that sub and keep them in that same classroom every day. And then you have, and they're that coach. And then you have Elevate streaming in like live teaching, following you know, a curriculum that's, you know, rooted in the common core and then, or, you know, if a state doesn't have common core, I know like Texas and so forth or, or the state standards. And, and then the, those kids are getting high level instruction, 
but the sub is there to manage. And a lot of the subs are amazing relationally. Like that's why they're there. They're very outgoing. They want to interact with kids, but they can't do the teaching. Is that like a, you know, I know you've spoken to that solution, but is that a solution that a lot of districts are, are using Elevate? In some cases, yeah. So our, the best classroom coaches we found are ones who have deep relationships within the district. So mm-hmm. some, some yeah. have pulled in retired teachers. Yeah, that would be some good. Some have pulled in student teachers, okay. long-term subs, as you mentioned. So it really can become a, a great team effort with the certified teacher through Elevate with the, mm-hmm. the real curriculum. And then yep. the student support from the classroom coach who can really be the liaison to the the students and the school itself. That's what yeah. that's where we found the most success is when it's someone who's not just hired for Elevate, but really knows that district and that school very well. It is time for the final word. What would you like to say to close out this podcast? Yeah, I think all I could say is just think differently. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways to tackle the teacher shortage crisis. Um, and lowering the standard seems to be the default. And I would <laughs> just urge districts to you know, think creatively. There's a lot we've mm. learned over the past few years in terms of remote learning. It's come a long way since 2020. Yeah. And, you know, really have to kind of think outside the box and not just for teacher shortage, but just for new classes altogether. You know, mm. you can use Elevate to offer a brand new foreign language that, you know, hasn't been offered before. You only mm. need a handful of students to pull together to make that work. So, you know, just it, more and more districts are finding that this is a great solution for those kind of problems, yeah. not just subbing in the teacher who they can't find. And so, again, urge you to everyone to think differently. Before we end, who do you want to give a shout out to? I want to shout out to our Elevate teachers. We've got so many of them working all across the country. They do an amazing job. We get so much kudos from our students. Some of them drive to meet their students in person from time to time. I'm just, oh, cool. I'm so proud to work for them. And I really, we wouldn't be here without them. So thank yeah. you. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and all of your insight. Listeners, thank you for joining us on the Diving Deep EDU podcast. If you liked this episode, subscribe, rate, review, and share it out. Until next time. Wow, it's time to reflect. That's astounding. You've been checking out the podcast from Matthew Downing. Hope you like diving deep like a scuba diver. And the show provoked hope. That's our true desire. <laughs>